You're listening to the Ignite Life Podcast. Loving God and loving people. We're a church of disciples making disciples, training leaders to transform the world for the kingdom of God. Be sure to subscribe as we update weekly the messages from the Cobram campus. We believe that God has the answers for every problem we face in life, whether relational or financial, physical or spiritual, mental or emotional, dealing with the past, the present or the future, God has the answers for you. Through His Word, God gives us powerful tools to navigate life's journey, and it's our joy to share these tools with you. In Jesus' name, we welcome you. Over the last few weeks, we've heard from, uh, from both Greg and Pastor Pika about the joy of the Lord. Um, and I was going to continue with that this morning, but um, I feel like we need to go somewhere different just for today. And um, yeah, let's just see what God wants to do. So if, if you have uh, your Bibles, if you want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 4, and uh, I will start from uh, verse 1. So just a little bit of context before I read this scripture. So uh, Samuel has basically just been uh, called and anointed by God. He's heard God speak to him for the first time. He, he, he heard the audible voice three times. He'd never heard it before. He didn't know who it was. He thought that it was Eli, the high priest, who was uh, speaking to him. And so he, he, he'd, he'd uh, run to him. But it was God speaking to, to uh, the prophet Samuel. And uh, one of the first things that God spoke through Samuel the prophet uh, was to Eli about his sons. And God said to Eli through through Samuel the prophet, because Eli's sons were uh, wicked and they were doing the wrong things. And they were serving in the church and serving in the temple, but they'd been doing the wrong things and they'd been stealing and a whole bunch of stuff. And God spoke through Samuel uh, and, and said to them, basically said to Eli that basically God's wrath is going to come down upon you. Uh, your sons are going to die and your, reign, your, your time's basically done. And so this is, uh, this this scripture, this this chapter, First Samuel four, is right after that has happened. Basically, um, so it says in First Samuel four, starting from verse one. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer. And the Philistines encamped in Aphek. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. And when the Lord had, uh, sorry, when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to uh, Shiloh, that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does this 
that what does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So uh, again, a, a, a little bit of uh, context. So Israel are going into battle against the Philistines. The, 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 the people of the promise of God, God's own people are going into battle and they had seen God do, do things for them before this and, and they had experienced victory and they'd won battles and good things had been happening. But yet we, we, we got to remember Remember that, that that the prophet Samuel had just said to Eli that something was was gonna go wrong. He told that to Eli, but the the people didn't know this. It probably wasn't common knowledge among the people what Samuel had said to Eli. And so the scripture tells us that the Philistines, the the, the enemies of Israel set themselves up for, for battle to, to fight against Israel. And the, the, the Scripture tells us that during this battle, the Philistines actually overcome Israel and, and about 4,000 men die in this battle, right? 4,000 4, men die. And so the leaders of, of Israel, the elders, it says, are like, what the heck is going on? How are we losing? Our, our God is, is meant to be for us and He's the one who, who fights for us. He's the one who, who, who does all this. Why are we losing this battle? And they have this brilliant idea apparently to bring from its safe place the Ark of the Covenant of God to there. So, And their thinking must be, well, if we bring this, then, then if we bring this to us, then, then the presence of God will be with us and suddenly we will overcome and, and uh, we will have victory. But uh, is, nothing had changed in Israel's heart from when... Uh, Samuel had spoken the word to Eli. They were still doing the same things. They were still being led by the, by the same things. They had not listened to the warnings from God. And so Israel had drawn into battle with the Philistines and 4,000 men are defeated. And, and the scripture says that the people shout for joy when the ark comes in to the camp of the Israelites. This, this great shout of joy goes out from all the people because all of a sudden, yes, God is here with us now. Our, our victory is here, but now we, we cannot possibly lose. We cannot possibly lose now because the Ark of the Covenant is here and God is on our side and He's going to bring victory, but their hearts had still not changed. And the Philistines were afraid once they realized that the Ark was with the people because the Philistines had, had heard before of the stories of what God had done for his people, that they had heard of how God had brought them out of Egypt. They'd heard all this stuff about the power of this God that the Israelites served. And so it says that, that, that they were now afraid. The Philistines were afraid and they had to make a decision in this moment. Do they turn and run or do they go into battle and, and, and do they continue to fight? And so in verse 10 of 1 Samuel 4, it says, So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated. And every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter. And there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. And the ark of God was captured. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. I mean, this isn't what Israel was expecting to happen. They, they, they had bought the Ark of the Covenant to them in their camp because they believed that that would be the difference in this victory. But the Philistines fought against them. And on top of the 4,000 who'd already lost in that first battle, 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel were killed. 
And it says that every man fled to his tent. Now, when it says every man fled to his tent, it doesn't mean that they all ran back to their, their battle camp. When it's talking about every man fled to their tent, every single man in the army went home. They, they, they left the camp. They, the, the army of Israel disbanded at this moment and no longer existed after the end of this battle. You, you, you've got to try and, and understand what this, what this would have meant and what it would have looked like for the people of Israel who believed that their God was going to bring them victory and they'd lost the battle. So they bring the Ark of the Covenant. Now we're going to experience victory. But the Word of God through the prophet Samuel had to come true over the people first. And so the Ark of God was taken. The, the Ark was, was something that God told the people to create. And it was like this this symbol of the covenant that he had made with them. And inside the ark was the, uh, the, uh, stone, uh, the, the stone tablets with, with the commandments on them for the people. This was an important thing for the people of Israel. And they believed that it was going to bring them victory and they bring it to the camp. And suddenly, again, they're defeated. The ark of God is taken away. The army disbands and, and everyone goes back home and the army of Israel is no longer existent. The Philistines have won this battle. You've got to understand how, how big this moment, everything that Israel believed in was now gone and their hope had just been taken away. Because they believed that that was the difference. That having the ark there was going to be the difference and was going to bring them victory. The army has turned and run and they've disappeared. They're actually, the army no longer exists. Every man has gone back to his home. The very foundation of the world of the Israelites in this moment was, was shaken and was broken. Everything that they'd hoped for, everything that they believed in in that moment how could we possibly lose? God, God, God should be, God's on our side. He's, we've seen him do it before. Why, why, why did we lose? And the ark, the symbol of the promise, the symbol of the covenant with God, had been taken away that held the laws that were given to them by God. A symbol of the promise had, had now been lost. And I, I, I want to make a point of, of making sure you understand that the army of Israel didn't exist now. They had run. Every man had gone back to his home. Probably, you know what, I'm going to go and, and make the best of, of whatever time I have left because who knows how long and, until the Philistines come to my home and they defeat us there. So every man's gone back home. They're shaken. They're defeated. They're broken. Their hope is, is, is diminished in this moment. And I want us to look at what happens over the next few chapters in this, because this, this is incredible. There is no mention of, of the people of Israel over the next few chapters in First Samuel. It doesn't talk about what they're doing, doesn't talk about what state they're in, doesn't talk about their brokenness, their, their hopelessness. The next few chapters are all about how God himself restored the Ark of the Covenant to his people. And this is important because God, in these next few chapters, he didn't ask the people to go to war. He didn't ask the people to fight. 
He knew they were hurting. He, he knew that, that they were broken. He, he knew what had gone on. And yet over the next few chapters, as you'll see, he didn't ask them to do anything. He knew his people needed time to recover from the loss that they experienced. And so God himself works to restore to his people what was stolen from them. Watch what God does. First Samuel chapter 5. Verses 1 to 6 says, Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it uh, from Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Dagon being one of their gods that they served. And so they brought the ark of God into, into one of their temples and set it before a statue uh, of, their, uh, of, of their god. And when the people of Ashdod rose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon. Fallen on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord, the head of Dagon and both the palms of its hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. Therefore, neither the priests, listen to this, therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor any who come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to that day. No, no one ever stepped foot in that temple again because God did something in that place that day. Verse 6, but the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod and he ravaged them and he struck them, but both Ashdod and its territory. Right, so the Philistines have taken the, the Ark of the Covenant of God away to one of their towns, set it in their temple before a statue of their God, and the power of God in that, in that temple and the presence of God knocks their statue over two days in a row, the second day smashing these things to to pieces on the very threshold of the altar and the, the people and the priests of this temple are too afraid ever again to step foot into that place because of what God did. Because of what God did. There's no mention of Israel. There's no mention of the people. God was the one in that place who was doing this, who was fighting against the Philistines here. God caused their God, their, 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 their deity, their, the one that they worshipped to fall. And he, he desecrated their temple. He, he, he smashed down their temple so that it was no longer a place that their people wanted to go in. That no one ever steps foot into that temple again. God struck the people of this town, the Philistines, with diseases where the ark was. The Bible, the, 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 the Bible says that the hand of the Lord was, was heavy upon the people. Right? The people of Ashdod couldn't take it, so they sent the ark somewhere else. They said, we, we don't want this in here. Take the ark and send it to Gath. And again, God was against that city and brought very great destruction. Watch this, verse 9 of, of chapter 5. So it was after they had carried it away that the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he struck the men of the city, both small and great, and tumors broke out on them. From Gath they sent it to Ekron, where the people of Ekron saw it as a curse, that the people who, who sent it there, they, the people of Ekron believed that, that the people who sent it to them wanted them to die, and that's why they'd sent this curse, the Ark of the Covenant, upon them. Do you see what's happening? Do you see what God is, is doing? He's fighting for His people. And they have no idea what's going on. Israel have run home. They're doing whatever they're doing. There's no mention of what they're doing during this time. Understand the importance of, of, these, of these scriptures, of, of these chapters. This is God fighting for his people. 
the unseen victories of God are what we're reading about here. God is decimating the enemies of the Israelites and they don't even know it. They're, they're still broken. They're, they're still hurting. They, they still feel lost. But God is fighting for them and winning these unseen victories. God will not let what was stolen from his people or what was lost in battle to remain in the hands of the enemy who took it. It was true for the ancient Israelites and it's true for us today. God will not allow the enemy to take ownership of something that belongs to you. God will not allow the enemy to take ownership of a prophetic promise that he's declared over you. God will not let the enemy take hold of, of your family because the Bible says that they will be saved by your testimony. Your, your, your household will be saved. God will not let whatever the enemy, whatever hope, whatever promise the enemy has tried to take from you, God will not let the enemy carry that because it doesn't belong to him. It belongs to you because it was given to you by the mouth of God, by the hand of God. A promise from God to you is a promise that he intends to keep. And the enemy wants to take it from us. He wants to deceive you into believing that God doesn't actually care, that God let you lose that battle, that, that God no longer cares about that promise that He made over you, but a promise that was given to you by God is a promise that will stand and He will not let the enemy take it. He will not let the enemy hold on to it because it doesn't belong to Him. It belongs to you. It was created for you. A promise was made over you. God will not allow our enemy to take ownership of what He created for you. The Ark of the Covenant didn't belong to the Philistines. It was created for the people of Israel so that they could remember, so that they would know that the Lord was their God, so that they could look at it and remember everything that God had done for them in the past, how He'd brought them out of the land of Egypt, how He'd set them free, how He'd taken them on the journey through the wilderness. It, it, was, it was God and this was a symbol. The ark was a symbol, not for anybody else, but the people of God. Anybody else who tried to take hold of this, it, it, it didn't belong to them and they, God did not want them to keep it. The enemy doesn't want, uh, God doesn't want the enemy to keep hold of the promises that he's made over you, of the victories that he's promised for you. Satan can't keep what he stole from you because it wasn't built for him. It was built for you. The promises of God are made and built for his people and his people alone. The enemy cannot hold on to what God has created for you. Sometimes there are battles that there are battles that we lose. And there are times where, where, our, where our hope, our faith is, is stretched. Sometimes our hope is broken. Sometimes our hope is broken because of our enemy. Because of the battles that we lose and there are moments and times where, where God will call us to fight to win back what was lost or to overcome adversity. But there are also times like this where God is saying, I will restore to you what, I will restore to you what was stolen. I will fight for you. You take this time to recover. 
you take this time to find yourself again and allow me to do what only I can do. Allow me to restore to you the promises that I made. Allow me to restore to you the hope that was stolen away from you. Right? Sometimes we, we have to fight. Sometimes God does the fighting for us and he wins these unseen victories that we have no idea about. Ezekiel 34 verse 16 God says, I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. God says, I will. I will seek it. I will find what was lost. I will take back what was taken away from you. The war is not over. What was taken from you was not lost forever. God is working right now to restore something that was lost, if your hope is lost, if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling unsure, if you're full of doubt or full of how could this even possibly be real? How can what I'm facing even even be a thing in my life right now? God is fighting to restore to you what was lost. God is fighting to restore to you what was broken because He made a promise and He made a declaration and He's called you for something in this life and He is working right now and He is fighting to restore to you what the enemy has tried to steal away. But it doesn't belong to the enemy. It belongs to you. The promise is for you. In the next chapter, the Philistines begin to discuss what do we need to do to get rid of this ark from our presence? We, 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 we don't want it here with us anymore. This thing is destroying us. This thing is a curse upon us. They don't want it anymore. So, so what do they do? They, they put it on the back of a cart and to the, to the front of the cart, they, 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 they tie two, uh, two cows who had never been tied to anything before. This was the first time these cows are going to do anything, basically. They put it on, on the back of this cart and they just slap it and send it away. It's like, just, just go, just, just, just get out of this place because we don't want this, this ark here anymore. And these two cows bring the ark of the covenant back to the people of Israel. The people of Israel had no idea what had been happening in the, in the towns of the, of the Philistines. They were just worried about themselves and probably fearful, thinking... How long until they come to us and attack us and take what's left of us? But God had been fighting behind the scenes. God had been winning victory after victory after victory behind the scenes that the people never knew about. And God is winning victories right now that we don't even know about. He's fighting battles that we're not even aware of for our souls, for our salvation, for our hope, for our joy, for our peace. God is fighting battles and the armies of heaven are fighting battles that we know nothing about in an unseen world that we can't see or perceive with the natural eye. God 
is fighting for you right now to restore to you your hope that was broken, to restore to you the promises that were taken away from you. There is nothing that He cannot do. There is no victory that God can't win. There is no battle that is too great for Him. He is fighting behind the scenes and there are unseen victories happening right now that one day you're going to know about. One day the promise is just going to come right back and be standing in front of you and you're going to say, how did this get back here? And God's going to say, well, I've been fighting for you to restore this to you. Your ark, whatever the symbol is for you of the promise and the covenant and the faithfulness of God is going to come back and be right before you one day. God's going to say, I did that for you. I've been fighting for you. And you're going to say, well, God, how? I was too weak. I've been too broken. I didn't know what to do anymore. God says, it's okay because I'm fighting for you. I'm winning victories that you, you know nothing about. It's okay, I've got you. I've got you. You can just, just do what you need to do. Just look after yourself and God will restore the promises that He has made. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10 to 14. Now as Samuel was... So this is after the ark has come back to the people and, and they're blown away. Now, now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. Philistines realised they needed to do something. And so they come and they, they draw near to, to fight against Israel again. But the Lord thundered. Who thundered? The Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shem and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Verse 13. Listen to this. So the Philistines were subdued and they did not come any more into the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel. From Ekron to Gath. And Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. And also there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Let's just read that again and, and just, just think about it. Think about everything that happened. Think about the battle that Israel lost, the hopelessness that they had experienced, the brokenness that they had been through not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing if their God was, 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 was truly there for them again. God is fighting behind the scenes the entire time to restore to them the Ark of the Covenant that was stolen. And see, listen to this, this is important. After God had restored to the people what was stolen from them, being the Ark of the Covenant, after the Ark had been restored to the people, then He called them to stand and fight. It wasn't until they, God had restored to them what was stolen and their hope that was broken that He called them to fight again. God doesn't expect us 
to fight every day of our lives. Yes, we are in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual war. But God recognizes the moments of brokenness and the moments of weakness in our lives. And there are moments where He fights for us. Okay, And it wasn't until God restored to Israel what was stolen from them that He caused them to fight again. And listen, listen again to what it says after, they, uh, after it's been restored and after they go to the battle. Again, it says that the Lord thundered upon the Philistines and caused them to be confused that, that they were overcome by Israel. But verse 13 and 14 again of, of 1 Samuel chapter 7. So the Philistines were subdued, okay? And they did not come anymore into the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines, all the days of Israel. So the hand of God was against the enemy of Israel all the days of Samuel's life. That Israel's enemy did not step foot again into the territory that God had given to the people of Israel. God stopped the enemies of His people from being able to enter the promised land that He'd given to His children. Just think about that. God hindered the enemy from stepping into the promise of the people, right? The enemy can't touch your promise. It belongs to you. Then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were were restored. Everything that the Philistines had taken away and stolen away in their seeming victory was restored back to the people. of It wasn't just the ark. It wasn't just the symbol of the promise that was restored. It, it wasn't just the symbol of hope. It was the actual tangible promise that God had made that was restored to the people. God, God will restore to you the promise. God will restore to you your hope, but He will also cause you to then step into and live in that promise. And when you're living in that promise, His hand is against the enemy. It's saying, you can't come in and take this from my beloved. You can't come in and take their promise away because it's something that I've given to them. It doesn't belong to you, Satan. It belongs to my people. It's a gift that I have given to them. And it says that all the cities were restored to Israel. And Israel recovered its territory, all of its territory, from the hands of the Philistines. Everything that the Philistines took was restored to Israel. And it started with God restoring to the people what was stolen from them. And then once God had done the work, won that victory, the unseen victory that Israel had no idea was happening, then He told them to get up and fight and take back what belongs to you. Take back what I've promised to you. Your days of battle are not over. Your days of victory are not over. God will not only restore what was stolen, what was lost. He will bring increase in the vision. He will bring increase in the dream. And will inspire in each of you plans that will not fail. And a strength that will not fail. This is the God that we serve. There is no other God like our God. 
there is no other God who fights behind the scenes for his people. Every other God on this earth that people, that cultures have worshipped always required that people to go and fight in their name, fight in my name, do this in my name so that my name will be made known. But our God, yes, He calls us to fight, but our God goes before us and He prepares the way and our God is there with us in the battle. He doesn't leave us to fight on our own. And even in the moments and the occasions where it seems like we've lost the battle, God is fighting behind the scenes to restore to His people what was taken and broken in them. Only our God does this. There is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. We can stand on the promise of the words of Scripture that we read. And I'm telling you that God is fighting behind the scenes in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. God ravaged the people of the Philistines. He didn't just smash a statue. He killed thousands of them with these tumours and, and these things that were going on that, they, that the people of the Philistines believed that there was this curse upon them. But it was the hand of God that was against the enemies of His people. The hand of God is against the enemy that is trying to stand against you. The hand of God is against the enemy who's trying his best to get at you and distract you. Sometimes we, we don't even know. Man, we could just be walking, doing our thing, carrying on with our lives, praising God, glorifying God, and just, just moving it. And Scripture says that, that God goes before us to prepare the way, that God goes behind us to protect us, but that He also stands beside us as if all, all at the same time. And so God, God is ahead of you. Preparing the way for your future. God is beside you as your comforter, as your friend, as your God. And he's behind you. And I've just got this picture of just all of us just, just walking, just doing our thing, just praising God, glorifying God. And it's like God is behind us with his hand against the face of the enemy. And the enemy's trying to push through. And he said, I'm, I'm going to get your people. I'm going to get that person. I'm going to distract that person. I'm going to take that person out. And God's got his hand on the enemy's face. and said, you've got no hope. You can't, my hand, my hand is, is against you. You can't touch my people. You can't touch my people. And God's saying, the hope, devil, that you have stolen from them. The brokenness that you have caused some of them to feel inside. You just watch what I do, devil, because I'm going to restore it to them. I'm going to give it back to them. Because it's a promise that I made to them. Because I told them. And I tell them in my word that I've got good things for them. That I've given them life and life in abundance. And I won't let you take away the promise that I've made over my people. Stand on the promise that God has made over you.
Any prophetic word that's ever been spoken over your life, you stand on that because that's a promise that was made to you. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural right now because in the natural Israel was broken and they had nothing and they lost all hope. But in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural God that we serve was fighting every single day. There was not a moment that God wasn't fighting for His people. There wasn't a moment that God's hand wasn't against the Philistines, the enemies of Israel. And he was fighting for his people to restore to them what was broken and what was lost. And God is doing the same for you. He's doing the same for me. He's doing the same for every single person who believes in him. It's not just for some. It's for every single person that believes in God and believes in who he is and is honoured and and, and continues to honour him with, with our lives. This is the God that we serve, a God who fights for us on the days that we can't. Through the seasons that we can't. Our God fights for us. And God is fighting for you. And there is unseen victory in your life, in your circumstances, in your situation, right now, that you can't see. But one day, just like the Ark of the Covenant came over the hills in this cart towed by two cows who didn't know what they were doing, it's going to end up right in front of you again. And you're just going to be like, thank you, God, because that was you. Father God, we just thank you that you are a God who fights for us. That you are a God who stands against the enemy. Who would come at us to destroy us. And Lord, you know the battles and the victories that are being won right now in the spiritual that we can't even begin to imagine. And Father, I th- we thank you. We thank you for the victory that is being won. We thank you for what you are restoring to us. We thank you for what you are restoring to your people across this earth who are feeling broken, who are feeling dismayed, who may have run back to their home because they didn't know what else to do. Thank you, Lord, that you are fighting. Thank you that you are our God. Thank you that we serve the most powerful God, the most powerful being in all of existence. We serve you, Lord, and we want to lay ourselves down before you today and say, Father, do in us what needs to be done. Lord God, I pray that you would continue to fight and restore on every person's behalf the things that were broken and that were lost and that the promise, the symbol of the promise would make its way back and not just the symbol of the promise, but the the tangible outworkings of the promises that you have made over people's lives will come to pass in this place in Jesus' name and over this church in Jesus' name and over this community in Jesus' name, Lord. You are the one who restores and you are the one who fights. And Father, we will stand every moment that you call us to stand, every battle that you want us to fight in. We will stand and fight in that battle knowing that you are our God. 
and in the moments that we can't fight, Lord, we trust you to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Ignite Life Podcast. We are so blessed that you've enjoyed this week's message from the Cobram campus. To find a church near you, more podcasts from our other campuses, life groups, or information on the Ignite Life vision, be sure to head to our website, www.ignitelifechurch.com. You can also follow our Instagram and Facebook, Ignite Life Churches, for regular updates, testimonies, challenging thoughts, and words of encouragement to help equip you with the tools to navigate life's journey. From all of us at Ignite Life, bless you and walk in the light.